Welcome to the Motivational Firewood Radio Show with your host, Steve Gamlin. As an award-winning speaker and author, Steve's greatest passion is blending inspiration and humor to create relatable, actionable, and repeatable messages. We hope you enjoy this recording. Hey there, my friend. Steve Gamlin here with the Motivational Firewood Radio Show. A couple weeks ago, I saw the promotional announcements for the brand new season of The Bachelor. And every single time these shows roll around, I always do the same thing. I roll my eyes. Not as good as my wife, Tina. She is a world-class eye roller. And believe me, I give her plenty of, of ammunition to do so. But I roll my eyes because all of a sudden I see all these people commenting on social media. And I see, of course, the tabloid announcements and these ridiculously produced promotional announcements for the show talking about true love. Will this be the year that this poor slob who's basically a freaking millionaire model looking anyway finds true love? And then I see him in the promotional announcements, you know, handing out roses. And essentially the show is setting up for him to bang his way through a couple of dozen women and then pick one at the end that he's truly in love with. And I said, well, first off, this is a bunch of crap. Second of all, I want to get on the radio and I want to talk about this, but I can't do this myself because I'm not an expert. So I figured I'm going to call my friend Elaine. Elaine Saunders is the founder of dynamicintroductions.com, and Elaine knows all of the science behind all of this, and it's probably not the way these shows, The Bachelor, The Bachelorette, uh, and other similar shows, are doing it. So we are going to welcome Elaine now. Hey there, Elaine. How are you in relation to, uh, you know, shows like The Bachelor and all this stuff? Well, very interestingly enough, um, my background includes um, initially being involved in a video dating service, which uh, was actually a springboard for the millionaire matchmaker, who also has the uh, dating reality show or once did. So I have a little background and insight information on some of these crazy reality shows and what they're all about. Yeah, you know, for me it's all, you know, it's it's drama, it's intrigue, it's suspense, but when it comes down to it all, for me it's all manufactured crap. It is absolutely all about the ratings. Yeah. And it, it is crap, absolutely. It's all show business. It is, sadly. And, you know, some of the shows that I love most out there are the ones uh, like Mike Rowe, the guy from Dirty Jobs, he does a show all about giving back, and he showcases people who are doing good in their community. But sadly, they never quite get the ratings of shows like The Bachelor and The Bachelorette and all this other crap. And I see that Bridezilla is coming back on, too. That I've been in the wedding industry for about 24 years. And again, it just brings out the worst in people. And it's, it's unrealistic expectations, as far as I'm concerned. Correct. And people like to gravitate towards the crazy, negative drama because the do-gooders just not as quite as dramatic and compelling to watch yeah i mean i think he likes to watch the train wreck i think people are out there who are being you know being kind and being generous and giving back and making that legitimately part of their their make their dna is is giving i think that is sexy as hell no kidding i really do (laughs) (laughs) i could tell you stories yeah you can tell me stories, but keep in mind my mom listens to the show. So. <laughs> Too funny. Well, let's put it this way. My my late husband, who is, uh, I could say, the love of my life, just an amazing guy, 
Um, what turned me on to him was his uh, what he did for children. He was uh, kind of ministered to the underprivileged kids in the neighborhood, so to speak, and was very lo- well-loved in the community, and that's what turned me on about him. Nice. You know, and so many people say things like that. You know, I've heard I, once in a while on social media, I'll see women, you know, they put out this plaintive wail of, where are all the good guys? They're all gone. I keep finding losers. What's the big challenge? You're not looking in the right places because so many Correct. people say, you know, I want a guy with a sense of humor or I want a guy who's you know, close with his family or, or is a giver, but yet they're in the bars night after night, maxing out their credit cards, looking around with that one good eye that can still focus at two in the morning and saying, well, these pickings are a little slim. Correct. Yeah. And that, and that's absolutely right. It is looking for love in all the wrong places in that regard. Yeah. And now as we just turned the calendar on a brand new year recently, and there were so many people I talked to because I do a lot of work with vision boards and goal setting and, you know, my keynote presentations and, and those things. And what I hear over and over around this time of the year is I want this to be the year. And I know this is said because I said it in January of 2007. This is going to be the year that I find the relationship, that I find the right partner. For those who are thinking that way this year, or maybe need to just get themselves in a better place to find this relationship and make it work, what is some of the advice you would offer to these people right now to just kind of get their mindset and their heart and their brain in the right place? Well, it's um, it's really interesting talking about finding good people, those people that give back, those people who have a lot to offer. They are the good guy or the good girl. And I talk about how to meet this person. Um, There's several ways people can meet. And one is them through, they call it the mere exposure effect. And what that is, Steve, is merely being exposed to the right people. So my advice is to literally put yourself in places where the good people are, where are the good guys. Maybe they're volunteering for the Boys and Girls Club. Maybe they're involved in Big Brothers, Big Sisters. Maybe they're at the soup kitchen, things like that. And so that's one thing, and I can't say enough how many people I know, and this is not through my matchmaking services, but when I ask people, how did you meet, they met in a place where they were doing something out and about, doing something good. So there is something good to be said about that, if you want to meet a good guy or a good gal. Yeah. I mean, there are people out there, and believe me, I I often get up on stage, and if I'm in my late 40s, I'm about to turn 50, and I've said to members of my audience before, if they're in their, say, mid-30s to mid-40s, I want to thank you all so much for not dating me in the 80s and the 90s and helping me realize that I need to become a better person. So thank you. (laughs) (laughs) There's always a silver lining. (laughs) There is. There is. And it's not like I was a, a bad boy or anything, but for me, it was at the time... I used to be what I referred to as adorably pathetic. I just, I was not confident. Uh, I was not really much of an extrovert, despite making a living being up speaking in front of other people. I'm actually an introvert at heart. And it took me a long time to kind of get the confidence in myself to even put myself out there to be in a relationship after my first marriage ended in divorce about 15 years ago. And it took a couple of years. And I think one of the things I see people do often that I think is the biggest mistake, out of one relationship and smack dab into another one right away. And then what happens when people do that? Um, You know, it's, you know, I'm not the one to ask on that because 
When I met my second husband, it was smack dab straight out of my divorce. I was not even legally divorced when I met Tony. So I believe that if given the right opportunity with the right person, it could work. It's when it's with the wrong person for the wrong reason, Steve. So that's a case-by-case. People tend to make the same mistakes over and over if they don't do the work. Now, I feel I did a lot of work while I was still married, learning about and educating myself on what a good relationship looked like. So when a person presented himself to me, and I feel it was a, a divine thing, God literally put him in my path, I was hoping to have some time off to date and have fun and, and not be connected with somebody. But when you meet a good person and he's willing to make it work and so are you, you make it work. But that's the thing. People really don't have any idea on how to make it work. So until you learn the basics, I don't think anybody has the business to roll from one relationship to the next because that's that does um, add up to a recipe for disaster, as you were just saying. It does, yeah, and and not that my first marriage ended. You know, it wasn't it was nothing major. We we stopped communicating with each other, and right. we, we fell out of love, and we just decided to go our separate ways. Uh, uh, probably a year or so for me without even going on a single date, and then I happened to meet somebody who was a a very nice woman, uh, and and we dated for a while, but I knew it wasn't the relationship, and I actually for the first time in my life was an adult and ended a relationship for the right reasons because I wanted to find my true love. I knew that relationship wasn't it. So we had a conversation and I said as much. And as much as I felt like a bad person for breaking up the relationship, within a month, my true love did arrive. Via an email. Yeah, you were realistic about it and mature. Tried to be. Well, you know, not everybody's used those words to describe me over the years. But <laughs> realistic actually... or mature, because uh, God, I wouldn't be an intro, uh, I wouldn't be an entrepreneur if I didn't, you know, fit both of those at some point. All right. Well, you you, you uh, stepped up and you you decided to do a bit of adulting. <laughs> I, yeah, and, and <laughs> I call think it now. <laughs> one of the biggest things that helped me was, and, and I talk about this in all that I do with positivity and with goal setting. Go somewhere quiet, and the four tools you need the most are pen, paper, heart, and mind. We're just so locked into our electronic devices and social media and what the rest of the world thinks. that I And I just coached somebody on this the other day. They said, well, how did you do it? I said, pen, paper, heart, and mind, man. I just went somewhere quiet, and I ripped myself down, not, not in a, a bad way, but tore myself down to my most basic, what do I want in this world? What am I like right now? What is keeping me from getting that? And was able to overcome some things and stopped really talking down about myself. You know, people always say, well, it's funny when you're self-deprecating. Well, it it is unless you actually believe that you suck. Right. And people exactly. can read through that in a heartbeat. And that's why adorably pathetic was no longer an attractive quality to me. Right. You know, I, I used to put myself there and it's, and it's a bad place. I had a lot of people call me out on it. They were all female and said, you're you're not doing yourself any favor marketing yourself this way. <laughs> true, very true. Well, I have a friend, and I and I use her. I use the analogy of her situation when I first met her. All she would say to me with her dating experience is, "Who's going to want me? Nobody's going to want me." And I that's all I heard from every conversation. She was convinced nobody was going to want her, and then she would look to me and say, "Well." you know all these single men, you introduce people all the time, when are you going to introduce me to somebody? And I said, well, quite frankly, not until I know we're not wasting our time with it because according to you, nobody's going to want you. So until you change that mindset and attitude, 
nothing will work. And as soon as she did change that attitude, she's in an amazing relationship now, and it's all because she brought it into her heart and her belief system that she deserved it. Nice. I remember a very dip-my-toe, nothing, you know, no paid memberships, but I remember very, very early on after my divorce just cruising through some of the online dating sites. And one of the first women whose pictures I saw, her screen name was Decimated Dreams. (laughs) Sorry, I'm laughing. Yeah, that's crazy. It's a tough place to start. And believe me, I get that a lot of people out there have been hurt by their relationships. But when you're hanging that sign in the window, you may as well just say, three-legged dog, missing ear, tail crooked, seeks new home. Correct. Yeah. And there's there's a lot of people that make obvious boo-boos when it comes to dating and can certainly use some coaching. There's no question. For somebody who's feeling that way about themselves right now, what are some of the first things you would give to these people as advice to just get started to at least kind of turn in a direction where they can see some daylight? Well, I think the first bit of advice, uh, as you said, pen to paper, heart, and what was the fourth thing? Your mind. Okay. All of that, those four perfect qualities to bring literally with a legal pad and pen, write down some of the qualities of what you bring to the table. Really think about that. What is it that you bring to the table? And if, if you can't come up with anything, it, it's time to really do some soul searching and ask yourself why. What is it that's bringing your self-view down? And until you have a good view of yourself and sincerely feel in your heart that you have worth, that you're worthwhile, it's going to be really difficult to attract the right thing or a good thing. And it can be hard to kick some of the voices of other people out. I mean, so many people for... X amount of time after a bad relationship ends, they still hear that person's voice in their head. And and some people on the way out the door will tell their partner, good luck without me. You'll never find love or you'll never find anybody. Yeah, I've heard people tell me that and it just astounds me how people could take that take and and be so cruel. Yeah. But that's definitely an exercise, uh, really enlightening to do so um, and empowering. When you start looking at some of the qualities that you can feel really confident about yourself it's very, very um, difficult to tolerate somebody who's behaving badly towards you. There are a few people I've had to kick out of my life a little bit because they just weren't bringing good energy. And they didn't make me feel good about who I was. And, you know, I'll be honest, I, I would slide into some negative talk and negative behavior around them. That's, yeah, that's often what happens. Yeah, it's like I described it one time as running around with somebody else's dog shit on your shoes. <laughs> That's a good one. Which is true. Yeah. Now, you are a professional matchmaker, and you are a person who actually legitimately, not on TV, not for ratings, not to create drama, cliffhanger music inserted here. (laughs) That happens on occasion. (laughs) Well, I'm sure. (laughs) A little bit of that. There's a a ton of humanity that goes into this. But, um, yeah, I am a certified, literally a certified professional matchmaker. Nice. Now, what do you have to do to to kind of get that distinction? I mean, I'm a professional speaker. All I have to do is have somebody pay me a dollar to go blah, 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 blah. Right. And I can call myself a professional speaker for better or for worse. Now, I've worked very hard at this for 14 plus years. But even in the early days when I wasn't really good yet or hadn't found my voice yet, I could still be called a professional. Correct. So what goes into becoming you? Well, a professional gets paid, number one. But most importantly, as an industry, as a profession, other peers of mine who also work in the industry, we kind of 
um, you know, kind of band together and uh, have some standards that we live by. And there's a certification based on an, from, from the Matchmaking Institute, for example. Um, recently attended a conference uh, with uh, 30 matchmakers, and we collaborate and we talk about what works and what doesn't work and, and what's best for our clients and how to set fees and how to, to mediate introducing people and, and the best way to go about do it. Do you exchange pictures or don't you? Or how do you coach somebody in a certain situation? So the people that are in it um, at a very you know, serious level, uh, you know, professionally, they, they obtain their certifications. They get the education it takes to make this work for our clients. And it does. I have success to prove it. Obviously, don't use any names, but do you have a, a favorite story or a favorite couple of how you're able to help somebody and just an amazing result and maybe what that did for you? I had a gal that was initially a client, and it was obvious to me that she really brought a lot to the table that I felt she could help me with my clients. And she was looking for some part-time employment. So we talked about it, and I brought her on as kind of a, a coaching, a dating coach slash assistant to me, kind of like a matchmaker's apprentice. And we worked really well together, and she worked really well with my clients. They loved her. And in the meantime, I'm still looking for somebody for her. And then one day, I had a gentleman come in, and I interview my clients face-to-face in a conference room type of setting. And she was working in the office that day. And while I was interviewing him, it dawned on me that this man could very well be her future husband. And it just came really, really strong. It was whatever you want to call it, a hunch or intuition or whatever it is, experience that our match match is like myself, you know, throughout the years get. He kept asking me, how many women do you have? How many women do you have to introduce me to? So... um, I asked him to step out of the room for a moment, and I gave him some a questionnaire to fill out. And I came out, and I asked my um, my gal Darlene. I said, Darlene, I need you to be sure that you don't step out of this room. I don't want you to meet your future husband until the right time. And she was like, What? I said, I really, really think I have your future husband in my conference room right now. So she was excited. She wanted to jump out of her chair and go meet him right then. But I said, No, no, no. Take a seat. So I went back in reviewed his questionnaire, kind of confirmed a few hunches I had about things he was looking for, and it seemed like they were a perfect match on paper. But he asked me yet again, how many women do you have for me to meet? So I instinctively knew that I could not introduce him to Darlene until he met maybe one or two other women. Because had he met Darlene on the very first introduction, he still would have had the question, who else do you have for me to meet? So while she was a little bit perturbed with me because she couldn't believe I would introduce him to other women first, I instinctively knew that I had to go about that route in order for them to make a great connection. And sure enough, three or four dates in, um, I introduced him to Darlene. And um, the long and short of it is uh, they were married this past October, and uh, I was in the wedding party, and it was just an amazing, amazing uh, culmination of what I do for work. It was uh, it just how it works. She was a little frustrated because dates one, two, three, and four weren't her guy. But as I told her, it takes patience. I don't know when Prince Charming is going to walk into my office. It could be a month from now or six months from now. But as long as you're in it to win it, as she was, there's a, a lot of opportunity here for someone to meet someone special. And timing and attitude are so important. You know, Correct. Somebody, in our disposable instant society, you know, with every. Every business in the world seems to have a drive-through. 
you know, it's it's not like, uh, you know, husbands or wives are us. Like you have a drive through window oh, and you right. just have people. That, that's Tinder. <laughs> <laughs> There's too much swiping going on in the world yeah, right now. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's just crazy. It's true. I see so many people looking to dismiss after one meeting. They'll, they'll tell me how much they liked the person and then dismiss them. Because yeah. they, they found that one thing they needed to, to kick them to the curb. And it is true. And it's unfortunate because the world is moving so quickly now. And maybe once or twice a year, I'll speak to teenagers um, or early 20-somethings. And I'll say, look, the world is going faster than ever before. And the world is more fake than ever before. It's not your fault, but you need to learn to live with it. And if you want to get something successful out of it, whatever success means to you, you've got to be patient. You've got to understand that you are your greatest advertisement for everything. And no matter what you do or where you go, the world is watching. And everything you post online is permanent. That's correct. Not like back in school, you know, when I was a kid, you passed a note in class. If the teacher saw it, whoever was holding it at the time, that person's job was to eat it. It was not permanent. And of course, if the teacher still wanted to see it, you hope the class clown got it and said, well, sir, you'll have to wait about an hour. But now everything is so permanent. Everything is so fast. And you push a button and everything about you goes around the world in half a second. Right. It's very impactful. So what would you say to somebody who is that person listening to this radio interview and says, well, that's great for these other people. And it's great that Steve found his love. And it's great that uh, Elaine can say all this. But what about me? How would somebody reach out to you if they are serious about making this the year that they do find, first off, who they really are in a relationship or who they want to be, and then that perfect partner? Well, there's certain areas, um, you know, to go about it. One was is the mere exposure effect that we spoke about. Um, I do events for that purpose, and that works out well for quite a few of my clients, but it's the one-on-one introductions. If you ask most happily married couples how they met, um, a high percentage of them will say, we met through a friend. We were set up. And that's what I do. I facilitate the setup. <laughs> so the first thing they should do is contact me. Um, I'm very easily reachable. You know, I have a website. Um, I'm on Facebook. I have a telephone. Um, set up a time to chat with me on the phone. If I don't feel that over the phone during that conversation that you're not ready or there's, it's not a good fit for us to work together, but if I do, I would invite you to see me and meet with me personally because there's not a person I haven't introduced that I haven't met personally first. So that's key. Nice. I like that touch. So it's not just go to the website, answer our five questions, and your no, matches will come up. Blah. Yeah, no, it's not just, It's not like all this computerized, like eHarmony has this 900 questionnaire. Yeah. It's a human touch. It's, there's a person actually involved in this. Um, there is a lot of intuition strong intuition. There's a lot of experience. There's a great big heart that goes into this. And um, historically, throughout the world, in many cultures, there's a matchmaker who who helps the people in town that are single and coming of age meet one another. It's not, it's not done by chance. It's not done by Tinder. It's not done by eHarmony. It's a real-life person making a suggestion that, hey, I, I highly recommend you meet this person because I think you guys would really hit it off together. And having spent so much time together and had some great conversations at networking events, I know that you approach this from your heart. Absolutely. I mean, since the day I met you and I was sharing the story about how I fell in love and I'm thinking, you know, everybody, I believe, deserves to really feel that. I'm blessed. I wake up every single day and I I just can't 
explain how the hell I deserved Tina. <laughs> interesting, interesting. Yep. And, and, and my goal, my legacy is to help as many people as humanly possible feel that. Yeah. Because I felt it. I had that. I, I loved um, in a way that was inexplicable, in a way that I thought never could even be humanly possible. And it's to his memory um, that I, I move forward and thank God, thank him, and, and thank everybody that I meet that is deserving of to give me an opportunity to try to help them to achieve that in their lifetime, even if it's once in a lifetime, even if it's brief and you lose them like I did. But I'm hopeful. <laughs> yeah. You know I'm single again, right, Steve? <laughs> <laughs> well, you should perhaps go on the other side of the wall and talk to uh, Darlene, and perhaps she could give you some questions and maybe even help you find that Yeah, right no, I have person. a couple of Cupid's helpers out there trying to help Cupid, so. Nice. It's so funny. It is funny. I could share some stories. But, um, <laughs> yeah, just throwing that out there. Yeah, there you go. Well, Who matches you... the matchmaker, right? Well, you know what? Everybody deserves to be in love. It, like you said, even for at least a short amount of time. I mean, look at the movie Titanic. Rose and Jack were only in love for a few days, and then that damn ship hit the iceberg. And then she wouldn't let him float on the on the bed frame, and then he died. <laughs> For anybody who hasn't seen Titanic yet, I'm sorry if I just ruined the ending for you. Oh, ouch! And I don't think it's um, I don't think it's a pure coincidence that that was the first movie I watched with my late husband. No, that was wow. our first date. <laughs> well, that's a no, long first second date. date. Second Man. date. It was that, a second date. First movie. That movie goes on forever. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah. Wow. Well, why don't you tell everybody, Elaine, how to reach out to you if they want to learn a bit more, or perhaps. Find out if you are the person that's going to help connect them to the relationship they say they want but maybe aren't quite ready yet. Well, if they want to cut to the chase, give me a call. Um, I could be reached at my office number. It's 603-577-0315 or my cell. My cell phone number is 603-262-1560. They could reach out through Facebook at Dynamic Introductions or my website, dynamicintroductions.com. And I love that right there on the first page of your website are the top reasons to hire a matchmaker. So if anybody thinks that you are just some sort of dating service, right there on the main page, it says exactly what you do, why you do it, and what the benefits are. Thank you. So once people know the reasons why to hire a matchmaker, uh, what else can they find on your website as far as either connecting with you or being part of one of your events? Well, I um, love for them to subscribe to my mailing list so they can keep up to date with events that I'm holding. Um, that's usually how I, I meet people initially is, you know, from being out and about networking or the events. Um, events such as speed dating, which is a great way to get out there and meet people. Um, social mixers, uh, fun things to do, like there's the escape rooms that are really popular now. Um, doing that for uh, singles, like three men, three women. You just never know how you're going to meet somebody out there. Not escape rooms. Wow, i got to try that. Yeah, it's cool. <laughs> I, I've, I've occasionally locked myself into places, yeah, So, but I was always alone. <laughs> so it's more just like well, scratching well, at the door and whimpering on my part. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you locked in with the right person, it could be a lot of fun. It could Maybe. be. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe you don't want to escape. <laughs> that would be the goal. Exactly. <laughs> Keep me locked in, please. 
Well, Elaine, thanks so much for being a part of the Motivational Firewood Radio Show. I definitely look forward to catching you on the road out there at a networking event sometime soon. Same here. would love to run into you again. It's always a pleasure, Steve. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening. For more information on how to include Steve at your next event or to learn more about his personal development programs, please visit stevegamlin.com.